0: And then to
1: Tillery. You might slip.
0: Morning to you. That was uh, the introduction. First first song played. Here's another one. You gotta serve somebody.
2: to england or friends you may like to gamble you might like to dance you may be the heavyweight champion of the world you may be a socialite with a long string of pearls but you're gonna have to serve somebody yes indeed you're gonna have to serve somebody Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Maybe a rock and roll addict, dancing on the stage Money, drugs at your command, women in a cage You may be a businessman, or some high degree thief They may call you doctor they may call you teeth, but you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, yeah, you are, you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody head of some bigger tv network you may be rich or poor you may be blind or lame. maybe living in another country under another name but you're gonna have to serve somebody yes you are you're gonna have to serve somebody
3: somebody.
2: well it may be the devil or it may be the Maybe you're a construction worker working on a home. Might be living in a mansion. You might live in a dome. You may own guns and you may even own tanks. You may be somebody's landlord. You may even own banks. But you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody Well it may be the devil already or Maybe the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve
3: somebody
2: Maybe a preacher, preacher Spiritual pride Maybe a city councilman Taking bribes on the side Maybe working in a barber shop You may know how to cut hair Somebody's mistress Maybe somebody's heir, But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil Or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Might like to wear cotton Might like to wear silk might like to drink whiskey might like to drink milk might like to eat caviar you might like to eat bread maybe sleeping on the floor sleeping in a king-size bed but you're gonna have to serve somebody serve yes indeed somebody. you're gonna have to serve somebody. serve somebody well it may be the demo or it may be the law. You're gonna have to serve somebody well, You may call me Terry Or you may call me Timmy You may call me Bobby Or you may call me Zimmy You may call me RJ You may call me Ray You may call me anything No matter what you say you still gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody. serve somebody. Well it may be the devil and it, it may be, be the, the Lord, Lord but you're gonna have to serve somebody.
0: you do you got to serve somebody that of course was Bob Dylan and uh, we seated uh, Bob Dylan with Linda Tillery in the Cultural Heritage Orchestra don't let nobody turn your spirit down this is labor and love mutiny radio from 10 to 12 every Saturday morning we broadcast live and our shows are archived at mutinyradio.podcast.com or some such sort of thing yes. So, this is Labor and Unle- Labor Magazine where we tell you how it is We say that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for another person worked for a dollar they didn't get Yeah, we tell you, we tell you, if you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table where you work, you're probably on the menu. You can bet on that. Three, never never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Labor history is your history. Okay, let's continue on here with some music. Uh, One of the uh, topical songs by Prince. We lost just last week. Prince. Well, let's listen to a little piano music here while Prince is getting ready. This is called Baltimore. truck, braking and accelerating so he would fall and tumble against the walls inside the paddy way.
4: bring you up to date on a developing situation in Los Angeles
0: okay so that that was Prince uh, that last song we heard that was Prince and his anthem to the victims of police brutality in Baltimore Um, and a very kind of uh, optimistic end to it there Um, that yes we all can get together and have uh, a just world without hurting one another something like that Uh, Prince wrote that kind of stuff Uh, we played one of his last week uh, about a similar a similar theme have to check that out we might have that on today Okay, so this is Labor and Love, and uh, welcome to the show where we tell you how it is. We've got a little bit of everything here today. We've got the worst disaster, factory disaster, in many years. We've got working class history. Where is Wernica? We've got the cowboy strike in 1883. Did you say cowboy? Yes. Cowboys went on strike. We got our regular features, radio labor and labor notes. And we got a whole lot more. We got an interview with our campus correspondent. And uh, she'll be on a little bit later. Okay, let's see here. Mm, This is two days before May Day. um, May the first, International Workers' Day. One day, actually. International Workers' Day, and I uh, heard an interesting talk by a guy who talked about not only the red the revolutionary implications of May Day but um, also the green ones so that May Day was celebrated in 1627 or something by some renegade Puritans who danced around the Maypole. It was a time of uh, regeneration, you know, spring is back, we made it through the winter. And they danced around the Maypole with uh, Native Americans, with escaped slaves, Um, all these people together, Indians, Native Americans. So, This was the Maypole of Marymount and, of course, the the mainstream Puritans couldn't hear of this, couldn't hear about people dancing around outside and having a great old time (laughs) celebrating the earth. So they went over and shut it down. This was the devil's work as far as they were concerned. And, of course, May 1st is celebrated because it's the anniversary of a an incident an incident that uh, very clearly defines uh, a lot of things that were going on at that time Uh, May 4th a group of of people got together around the 8 hour day and uh, there was a talk and someone threw a bomb place was very tightly policed someone threw a bomb uh, police arrested hundreds of people beat them uh, eventually eight people were accused of the crime one policeman was killed by the bomb um, eight people the Chicago eight the original Chicago Eight. And uh, among them was Albert Parsons, husband of Lucy Parsons, one of the great radical agitators of her day. Um, And these people, four of them were executed, four were pardoned by Governor John Altgeld, a socialist governor of Illinois. But all all around the earth now, May the 1st celebrates that that Haymarket uh, demonstration, the demand for an eight-hour day. So we have two streams. We have two things to celebrate. We have an ancient, it goes back beyond the, the Puritans, an ancient celebration, celebrating the return of spring and celebration of the uprisings of working people all over the world, a day that working people all over the world claim for their own and celebrate. So have a happy May Day. Have a happy May Day and uh, remember what you're celebrating. The uh, campaigns of working people all over the world to better their lives the spirit of resistance okay we have uh we played prince uh now we've got our regular Workers' Independent News broadcast with all the happenings during the week on the national
5: level. Workers' Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. At least 45,000 workers have won class action lawsuit rights in a National Labor Relations Board case against Menards. The Midwest-based home improvement supply store chain owned by Wisconsin anti-union billionaire John Menard is settling the case with the NLRB rather than trying to fight the charges that his company is violating labor law. OPEIU Local 153 Attorney Seth Goldstein filed the charges along with Attorney Marissa McDermott. Goldstein says this is a big victory for workers. We
1: John
6: Menard, arch critic of Obama, has now endorsed the position of the National Labor Relations Act. I think that the employers are going to fear the Menard settlement because now a major company has acknowledged that class action waivers violate the National Labor Relations Act.
5: Verizon has given approximately 39,000 striking workers what it says is its best and final contract offer. CWA and IBEW negotiators are not pleased or impressed because in the offer, Verizon didn't move very far from its original position on concessions. Verizon makes an average of $1.8 billion a month profit. The Warehouse Workers Resource Center says it expects mass firings of hundreds of workers who have been active demanding better wages and working conditions at Cal Cartage. The firings are expected April 30th at the warehouse serving the Port of Los Angeles. Hundreds of workers are facing the mass retaliation for trying to organize and use their labor rights. The Warehouse Workers Resource Center Says this is unacceptable and they believe it's illegal. An online petition has been launched telling the Port of Los Angeles that the firings are unjust and demanding that Cal Cartage retain all the workers who are facing termination. The Teamsters' Rome Aloys says the proposed $100 million class action settlement that drivers made with Uber isn't the end of driver efforts to organize for justice on the job with a multi billion dollar app based taxi service. Uber controls the conditions of work for the drivers, but classifies them as independent contractors.
7: Misclassification is a giant problem in this country and remains to be seen how that works within this context of uh, the Uber-type uh,
5: company. Loyce says the Teamsters are in it for the long haul, finding ways to organize Uber and Lyft drivers, as well as port truckers who are also misclassified. UPS pilots supported their German brothers and sisters this week by honoring picket lines at the Cologne Airport during a 24-hour strike. Independent Pilot Association spokesman and go day
7: anytime there's a legal picket line against UPS and we're in a position to support that other union we choose to Cologne is our largest hub in Germany and uh, the German workers there are fantastic and do a great job of taking care of our pilots we're not going to cross those lines we're going to honor those
5: lines workers independent news provided by diversified media enterprises I'm Doug Cunningham
0: Okay, Workers Independent News. There, um, some news about the Verizon strike that continues on. Uh, very uh, positive. Uh, signing Menard. The uh, it's a big um, building supply house, sort of like uh, Home Depot or something like that. All right, now Radio Labor will tell us about things that are going on in all corners of the earth because you know you're not alone unless you don't stand up. And if you don't stand up, you'll be counted as standing up per sitting down. Radio Labor. It's
3: on Radio Labor.
8: This is a Radio Labor World Report, recorded on Friday, April 29th, 2016. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, unions in the UK fight against Britain's exit from the European Union. A new labor law in Cambodia will make conditions even worse for the country's unions and workers. Thousands of unionists celebrated International Health and Safety Day. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. Thursday, April 28th was the international day to remember workers who have died on the job and remind the world why the fight for better health and safety standards is crucial. One of the most horrible on-the-job industrial accidents took place three years ago when a garment factory building in the Rana Plaza in Bangladesh collapsed. 1,200 workers, mainly young women, were killed. Some 2,500 were wounded. After After the disaster, the international labor movement forced clothing brands to support a program called the Accord on Fire and Building Safety to improve the state of garment factories in the country. I talked to Jenny Holdcroft, the policy director of the Global Union Federation Industrial. I reached her just after she participated in a demonstration in Dhaka, the capital of Bangladesh, which called for more government action. I asked her what industrial and the unions in the country want the government to do.
9: Well, what we really want to do is the government to take over its proper regulatory role. The collapse of the Rana Plaza building and all the deaths that resulted in the injuries pointed to a lack of governance. And that's why the Bangladesh Accord was formed so that Immediate action could be taken by the brands and retailers and the global unions to ensure that the factories were made safe. The accord has made a great many gains in the three years. There's still a lot more work to be done. But meanwhile, we're not seeing that the government is really ready to take over that regulatory role. So it really needs to get its act together to understand what is needed in order to get to the factories to remediate. We have to bear in mind that the accord covers some 15, 1600 factories, but so does the government, which. Uh, Covers the factories that fall outside the purview of both the Alliance and the Accord, and we're not seeing the level of progress there. Those factories are not yet being remediated and so remain unsafe.
8: Some activists have called for a boycott of Bangladeshi goods in order to force improvement of the wages and working conditions of especially the garment workers in the country. What does Industrial think of this tactic? Does it support a boycott of goods from Bangladesh?
9: No, absolutely we don't. And I don't really see the relationship between stopping buying goods from Bangladesh and improving working conditions. All a boycott will do is make the Bangladeshi garment workers suffer anymore, because what they need is jobs. They need decent jobs where they can be safe and where they can have the right to organize a union. But if you take away those jobs completely, you're not doing anything to improve their lives.
8: Cambodia has one of the nastiest labor records in the world. And now things are about to get even worse. Radio Labour senior correspondent C. Marie Ainsborough reports.
10: With the support of international labour organisations, workers in Cambodia are protesting a new labour law. The law was pushed through the National Assembly by the government, despite objections by the UN's International Labour Organisation, the ILO, the country's unions, and global labour federations such as Industrial. Even a number of multinational garment brands have said they oppose the law. The newly adopted legislation imposes new limits on the right to strike, allows government intervention into internal union affairs, and permits employers to apply for the dissolution of unions. Cambodia has more than 1,200 garment factories, producing about $6 billion in exports. The factories produce clothes for companies such as Gap and Nike. Women make up most of the country's 700,000 garment labor force. They earn a minimum wage of $4.50 a day. That works out to about 12 cents a t-shirt. The new law has been condemned by the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the body which represents national union centers at the world level. ITUC General Secretary Sharon Burrow told the media that the government has backed the Anti-Union Employers Federation at every step. It is continually pushed back against decent working conditions and wages. The government and police violence against those fighting for the respect of international workers' rights must end, she said. This is C. Marie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. With the
8: result too close to call, electors in the UK are headed to a June 23rd referendum on continued membership in the European Union. Most of the largest unions in the country, plus the National Trades Union Congress, are campaigning in support of staying in the EU. Supporters of what has been dubbed Brexit, Britain's exit, say that the EU has been pushing government austerity programs, which have caused much damage. Francis O'Grady is the General Secretary of the Trades Union Congress, the TUC. She spoke recently to a convention of the National Union of Students about Britain, the EU, and the June 23rd referendum.
11: We believe that a Brexit would pose a real threat to workers' jobs, our livelihoods, and our rights. Many of the rights that we take for granted, from equal rights for part-time workers to stronger protection against discrimination, and of course paid holidays, these have been won because unions banded together across borders and we won it through the EU and it's now guaranteed by the EU. Rights that working students rely on and that union agreements build on. Now I know there are different views about the referendum and I respect that and I share the view that the EU is far from perfect. But believe that we can only win change from within. If politicians really want to tackle the problems that workers and students face, then it's simple. Stop the cuts and start investing. Get tough on bad bosses and rip off landlords. And instead of kowtowing to big corporations and the banks, stand up for the interests of workers, students and citizens. For a fairer, greener Europe with great jobs and homes at its heart there is nothing inevitable about the world that we face now there is nothing inevitable or natural about inequality the status quo is not the only option another europe another world is possible
8: now here with his report about union events around the world is labor start correspondent derek blackadder
12: here's a small sample of the more than 2200 stories our volunteers collected last week Our top story section included links to news about the huge wave of trade union militancy being led by women in India and a report that concluded that a workplace death happens every 15 seconds somewhere in the world. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Striking municipal workers in South Africa blocked roads to back their demand for safety equipment and a wage increase owed to them since 2011. Bangladesh's ferry system came to a halt as river transport workers protested a lack of progress in bargaining. Junior doctors were off the job in the United Kingdom for two days over threats to impose punishing hours of work and cuts to the healthcare care system. Nigerian state workers resumed their strike in an effort to obtain the five months of wages that are owed to them. Bank workers in Argentina won a huge victory as their strike ended with a 33 percent wage increase. Hospitality workers in Norway stopped work to back their demand for a change to the structure of bargaining for their industry. Long-distance truck drivers formed blockades in Kenya to protest a lack of security and attacks on them by robbers. As a result, hundreds of motorists were stuck on major highways overnight and a one-day wage strike by German air transport workers caused the cancellation of over 1,000 flights last week. Our top working women stories included coverage of a huge pay equity award for Canadian library workers, the ways in which public sector cuts in Australia hurt women more than men, and the efforts unions are making to protect African domestic workers migrating to the Gulf. Our health and safety newswire carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the Nigerian Truckers Union, which is accusing customs officials of extrajudicial killings, workers' Memorial Day ceremonies around the world, and events marking the anniversary of the Rana Plaza factory disaster in Bangladesh. Currently, Labor Start is running seven online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Thank you for listening.
8: And remember, it's all about global solidarity.
0: ready.
13: Oh, people get ready. There's a train coming. You don't need no package. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the diesel's horn. You don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. I believe, I believe, I believe, I do believe, oh people get ready, there's a train to Jordan, picking up passengers from cool on the doors and hold them. There is hope for all among those loved the most. As the king the hums strong You just get a home, boy All you need is faith to hear the Jesus humming You don't need no ticket,
3: you just thank the Lord
14: And uh, where's that uh, honey? Uh, where's my God and uh, where's my money? Unreal values, a crass distortion. Unwed mothers need abortion.
1: Kind of brings to my old young king. Tut.
0: Well, that said, we had <clears throat> we had um, people get ready. Well, let's start with the last one. Of course, of course was the International, the International Workers' Song, words written by one of the survivors of the Paris Commune, and uh, set to music the international will unite the human race. You have been not, you shall be all. After that, we had the great, yeah, I'll say it, the great Les McCann. Les McCann, um, with his composition compared to what? uh joined there by the redoubtable eddie harris a master of uh, woodwinds jazz instruments okay i want to connect in now with a truly remarkable uh, hip-hop video you'll get the soundtrack of a poem by a man named rodolfo gonzalez otherwise known as Corky González, a Chicano organizer in Denver, Colorado, from the very beginning of the Chicano movement in the early 60s. And Rodolfo González, besides being a boxer and an organizer and a politico and a teacher, was a poet. And he wrote a song, a poem, pardon me, called Yo soy Joaquin, I am Joaquin. And this poem expresses as nothing else that I've seen, the experience of the Chicano people in California and in the entire Southwest. So um, this is kind of the, he's kind of the poet laureate of the Chicano movement. Uh, with this poem. Now, there are certain things that everybody should read if you want to see what the experiences of people in <clears throat> the United States. You read, they write, I and mean, one book that everyone needs to know, needs to learn, needs to read is the autobiography of Malcolm X. A truly revolutionary, truly honest work. That's not to say everything Malcolm says in there is true or everything that he says happened happened the way it is. But Malcolm X encapsulated the experience of African Americans in the 20th century and expressed it as no one could. Um, so that's one book that everyone should read and this this poem that I'm going to play for you or part of it Yo Soy Joaquín is of that caliber this is something every American should read and know about
4: historical about ourselves and something about our present and something about our something future. I want to inspire young people to understand themselves and to give them a message, a message of unity, a, a message of uh,
3: what a pressure, what a come <inaudible> a long pressure, pressure, way
6: soy muy raza soy raza muy raza
7: lost in a world of confusion Caught up in a world for gangles. is a perfect solution uh-huh. Torned up by the rules, and scored my attitude uh-huh. Suppressed my manipulation and torn my lack of truth I have come a long way to nowhere, nowhere. Either where. you're poor, full of spirit, or you're rich and you don't care uh-huh. I'll up to the safety within the circle of life My only people who I connect with and i hurting
6: inside I am damn more noble and proud Little man, no doubt no one is holding me down I am the Mayan prince you might conspire against me. I am the lion that's ignited by a fire within I am the
15: eagle and the serpent my serve a purpose we are leaders of this turf. my history i need to surface my mind is free my heart is pure one thing's for sure i shall endure yeah. I am
7: out in the nature to the brotherhood I am Joaquin I am the masters of my people and I refuse to be absorbed I refuse to be absorbed I am Joaquin the odds are great but my spirit is strong my faith unbreakable I am Joaquin I am the Aztec prince and the Christian Christ Christian Christ, I am Joaquin I was a bloody revolution,
6: the victor and the vanquished The victim and the savage, the indigenous and Spanish In a country that has wiped out all my history And stifled my pride, they may try to divide But I'm striving to rise, uno dos I will not lose, pursue my goals I am the masses of my people, and I refuse to be absorbed My mind is free, my heart is pure One thing's for sure, I shall endure I shall endure, I challenge endure
3: I I
1: I will in you.
0: Okay, let's see what's happening here. Yo soy Joaquin. Okay, so that was a hip hop version of the poem Yo soy Joaquin, I am Joaquin by Rodolfo Corqui Gonzalez. And now, uh, what is the significance of the title, Yo soy Joaquin? <coughs> the scene is uh, a small town in California, maybe in the valley. And um, a sheriff, a white sheriff, on a group of uh, Mexicanos, Chicanos, and he has a handbill that says, uh, Big reward for Joaquin. So the sheriff says, to provoke a response, says, Oh, Joaquin, Joaquin is chicken if Joaquin was here I would kill him I would kill him okay but sort of um, to oppose him uh, one of the men stands up and says you saw Joaquin I am Joaquin kill me if you can and then shoots this sh- they have a duel and the- he shoots the sheriff and and runs away the point is that uh, Joaquin is a proud Chicano man and you uh, soy Joaquin means that yeah I'm Joaquin I'm Joaquin Murrieta that spirit of resistance lives in me kill me if you can almost daring them uh, So that's it yo soy Joaquin and it's not just you know claiming a name I wanted to play a little thing by uh, Lenny Bruce here about how society started and how here it is how the law got started and we'll follow that with some Gil Scott Heron and then some Taj Mahal, this is Labor and Love. You're listening to Mutiny Radio and.
6: You know, coming at you. you know, like the law and orders. Bruce. The law is like a grocery store, that's where it's at. You know? I want protection of law number 63 under order 22. That's it, yeah. That's it. That was, we all start and we have a community. Okay, let's see. Uh, we'll have some rules, solid, okay. We'll have some more. We gotta have some law. All right, what's the law we gotta have? Okay, we'll sleep in area A. That cool? Okay. All right, that's a law. We'll eat in area B. Good, that's a law. Okay, eat in area C. Good, all right. No, we we'll sleep, eat, crap in area C, all right? A, B, C, eat, sleep, crap. All agreed? All agreed. Okay, that's the law, don't forget it. All right, eat, sleep, and crap. We all agree on it, right. Now we go to sleep, guy wakes up with a face full of crap. Pow! Say, so, hey, what's the deal? Am I eating in the wrong place, or crapping in where I'm sleeping, or what is it? It's a, is this A over here? I got a face full of crap. I don't know. We all voted on it and agreed to uh, crap here. And uh, well, wait a minute. That's uh, you know what we did. is... what we did. We had a constitution. That's it. That's that's the rule. We are. We have to have something to enforce it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. We got to. We have to have a remedy. If anybody craps on you, we have to have to wipe it off. Of course. That's it. All right. Is is the remedy? Of it, okay. If anybody throws any crap on us while we're sleeping or eating, they get thrown in the crap house. <laughs> That's a remedy that'll keep the crap off us, okay? All agreed, guy goes, well, everybody gets thrown in the crap house? Yeah. But what if it's an Suppose it's a poor old lady and uh, she couldn't make it to the crap house. And, uh, <laughs> what the hell has that got to do with it, the old ladies? Uh, well, oh, you don't understand. This isn't to do with old ladies, this is to keep crap off us. <laughs> and this, I didn't tell you about no punishment. You think that that's, that's enough for the court to listen to it? You think, in other words, the old lady, if she's got an excuse for crapping, then she don't pay the penalty. But at least she's got an answer for the crapping. Yeah? All right, okay, Sorry. Now they go to sleep, everybody's happy. Guy wakes up, face full of crap. Pow! But he wakes up and he sees he's all alone. And he looks and everybody else is having a big party and singing with candles and, what's the deal? So we had a rule, I'm sleeping with a face full of crap. It's always a religious holiday. What? Yeah, it's a holiday, it's religious. I'm separating the church and the state right now. Pow! (laughs) There's the law law, and the church law will be there. But the law will be the supreme law. Nothing that. all right? So, okay. Now they're going along very cool. Now, uh, that guy starts to get bugged because they took turns, see, throwing people in the crap house. It, was, it wasn't a regular thing, like it was a small tribe on weekends, The guy said, okay, you, you got the crap house duty uh, this weekend, you know, anybody throw them in the crap house, okay. Now they have a meeting. I said, look, I'm having a little problem here. Now a lot of you guys who get the duty, you come from the outlands there, you work on the farms. When you throw these people in the crap house, you never see them again. But I got to sell cars to some of these assholes. <laughs> now." When I got the duty and a guy throws crap out of sleep and I throw him in the crap house, when I go to sell him a car, he goes, fuck you. You threw me in the crap house. I said, I ain't throwing in the crap house, doing a job, are you, are you kidding on that? So you don't wanna hear that shit. Keep saying that I threw him in a crap house and I can't sell him a car. So no matter what I tell him, it don't work. So we gotta get somebody else to throw him in the crap house but me. <laughs> So let's get somebody, we'll, we'll have a, somebody who enforce the law and that'll just be a department to do that. All right, let's get, sorry, now they start to interview guys. All right, look, here's the job, fellas. We want to get some sleep, that's number one. Now, we find out without any law, we crap on each other. The only thing to save us from each other is law. So. We gotta get somebody to enforce it, and we want somebody to throw these people in the crap house, and they throw crap house, right? That's that easy. But look, don't do it in front of me. <laughs> now, here's a stick and a gun, and you do it. But if I happen to be around, see, and you gotta throw in a crap house, you throw in a crap house, but I'll have to give you some bullshit, like, you know, boy, oh boy, you stop <laughs> But it takes a certain kind of mentality to do that work, right? It's, uh, <laughs> Anybody want to do that to somebody, you know? But you just throw them right in the shithouse. You know? <laughs> and I'll be in the back room, I'll be watching through the Venetian blinds there. You
3: know?
6: <laughs> okay, that's cool. Okay, now you get a few more rules, you know, it gets a little more complex, another rule, another rule, another rule. Now you got like about, you know, maybe 1,200 laws. Okay, now you get demonstration, right? Now there's ten thousand people wailing their ass off. Okay, now it goes like, law, so and so and so. On. Nobody, uh, nobody in public streets. Blah blah blah. Nobody in the post office steps. Solid. Okay. Garbage patrol, come down. Okay, nobody in the post office steps. Get out of here. Bap 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 bap. Okay, now, now, you got people just wear sticks and stones. Then you got a cop there. Who was twenty-three years old. He's got a short-sleeved shirt on. A stick in his hand. People don't get stopper at him. He's a at you asshole. I'm the mailman. What do you want from me?
16: You will not be able to stay home, brother. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Keyes, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck or The Rare Earth. The revolution will not be televised.
4: That leads him live, and likewise, do feel. But in the end, it's all we left so all along.
0: Okay, I want to talk about a few more things before our uh, special guest comes on. The uh, Verizon strike, as we heard earlier, goes on into its uh, third week. Some of the issues involved are wages and benefits, but definitely that Verizon workers can be assigned to go and work in other places away from their homes months at a time. So that means they have to pay for a hotel room and establish themselves in a new community. This is one of the uh, sticking points. Um, How you can support the strike? I'm looking at the Labor Notes website. You can adopt the Verizon Wireless Store and organize a group to picket and leaflet there for a couple hours a day and if you're interested in doing that email or call Dan at dan at labornotes.org Okay, and the phone number is 617-599-3026 this is if you can put in some time and picket a Verizon store yourself or you can join an active picket line www.standuptoverizon.com or call your local communication workers of america or international brotherhood of electrical workers office to check which verizon stores have an active picket line spread the word on social media like the stand up to verizon facebook page if you're joining or organizing pickets, take pictures and email them to Stand Up to Verizon at CWAUnion.org. Sign the position petition. Other ideas? Send them to Dan at Labor Notes. Okay, this is a big, meaningful strike, so we all need to help. Labor history, we've got a story about a cowboy strike in Texas. And this is on the libcom.org website. Cowboys fought the brief but good fight to regain the rights they had lost to greedy or inept corporate ranchers who had taken over the open range. A cowboy then on one of the smaller ranches could take some calves in lieu of pay, in lieu of pay, and, um, pardon me, in lieu of pay and and, uh, start a herd of his or her own. The syndicates came in understanding the business world, but very often little of the ranching life on the plains. Profits tended to be low as their ignorance and speculative fever were high. So as their heirs might do today, they blamed the people who actually did the work for the problem. They cut wages, disallowed horses for personal use, stopped the gathering of mavericks and offered no more calves for pay. Then they forbade drinking and gambling. This was not much of a life with no stake. Tom Harris was a seasoned and respected hand at the LS Ranch and decided he'd seen enough. He rounded up some men from the LIT, the LX, the LE, and the T Anchor and made out a list of demands. We, the undersigned cowboys of Canadian River, do by these presents agree to bind ourselves into the following obligations. First, we will not work for less than $50 a month. And we furthermore agree that no one shall work for less than $50 a month after the 31st of March. Second, good cooks shall also receive $50 a month. Third, Anyone running an outfit shall not work for less than $75 a month. Anyone violating the above obligation shall suffer the consequences. Those not having funds to pay board after March 31st will be provided for for 30 days at Tascosa, which was the main town in the area. 24 cowboys signed the proclamation maybe upwards of 300 had some ties to the strike <clears throat> the LE and T anchor fired the strikers right away more cunning by far were the LS and LT they offered piddling increases to cowboys who stayed and then they fired the rest and they picked up the leavings from the other outfits by paying the, only the marginally high wages at least for a while so a Tascosa strike by cowboys ultimately only marginally marginally uh, effective Uh, okay so we're going to turn now to our live interview every uh Every week we have a live interview. Go ahead and say something. Hello? We didn't get it.
17: Hello? Hello? Let's see.
0: Okay.
15: Hello? Hello? Why,
0: why don't you take this one? Number two. And I'll get up. Thank you. Much better. Um, thank you for... Uh, us here while we get our technology together My guest today is Vita Castaneda Morgan Who uh, last week gave us a very cogent And informative talk about Living vegan mm-hmm. And this week uh, Vita's a, Vita is a uh, student at UC Davis So Vita why don't you just go ahead and talk about what you got
17: Um, Well, as many people have been hearing on the news and on Facebook and news articles everywhere, uh, our Chancellor, Linda Katehi, is, well, as of Wednesday, has been relieved of her duties and has been put on administrative leave so for 90 days she will be continued to paid her be paid her average salary of about 426,000 a year as the university holds an investigation administered by Jenna Napolitano upon large and widespread public uh outcry and uh, reform and for change and it started, not necessarily started, but it gained a lot of momentum when there were groups of students sitting outside of her office in Mrak Hall on the third floor and they sat out there day and night. Uh, there were professors and different department heads that were against them sitting out there and would come in and scold them and stuff and they would still stay. Some professors sent pizza. Some, fo- some uh, departments sent pizza as well to the student protesters. So they've been getting support, but what ended up happening later on was that an assemblyman, his name escapes me, but he sort of put these kids more on the map and then other more notable figures started to hear about what was going on in Davis and give uh, notoriety to the cause. But also, as I've been reading more and more about this case, it seems that there are various uh, things that Linda Katehi has been involved in that For example, um, her step, no, it's, daughter-in-law, her daughter-in-law uh, works there at the University of Davis, University of California, Davis, and she is staff assistant or staff something to the Vice Chancellor, which is Adela Della Torre. And this woman's name is Emily Prieto, who is the wife of Linda Kotehi's son. Eric uh I don't know how to say his last name but Eric also has a job there at UC Davis in the student something I cannot remember the name but basically as a student assistant researcher and he gets like 23,000 a month or something like that and this one uh Emily Prieto gets a lot of money and over the past two and a half years, she's been getting uh, a lot of pay raises. So Janet Napolitano put that into question as well. Um, There's also a
0: question about uh, her partnership in a publishing firm.
17: Yeah, the publishing firm that I think they gave or administered textbooks to the school and basically she was making money off of that system and there were like two separate ones in which she was like on the board of one of them or something and then another one in which um, she was on the board before but then she got off of it and she claims that people like her and in her position hold titles on various boards and it doesn't necessarily mean anything about this or that And she's a a scholar of chemical and engineering or something like that. Chemical science and engineering from Greece. So she's very proud of that and she tries to hold to that when she makes her uh, statements and tries to paint herself as something very different than she is, it seems. Well, um, and of course, the
0: infamous images that flashed across screens all over America and the world of student demonstrators being uh, pepper sprayed sprayed directly right in their eyes by police and then her attempt to (laughs) did she attempt to cover it up is that it
17: yeah well what happened is that first she sort of took her hands off of it and she said oh no like they shouldn't have acted that way but I didn't have any control over it or that she didn't know or something like that but she did say they shouldn't have acted that way but nothing necessarily happened to the people who did it and but on the internet she paid two separate um like online uh, presence companies, I guess, that sort of help filter what pops up when you search a certain thing so as they have copyright over the name UC Davis or whatever uh, they I guess they have the ability to somehow go into the internet and revise it so that when you look it up either you cannot find or it's very difficult to find uh, the information concerning UC Davis and that pepper sprain incident and you might be more likely to find things about how wonderful UC Davis is and the cows and the solar panels and all these other things that are positive about UC Davis, but we need to embrace both in order to make it better and not just cover it up.
0: Yeah. Nakateki spent this money in order to clean up her record. She wanted to get rid of all copies of the film showing these police in what could only be described as a scene out of Nazi Germany you know (laughs) uh, at a prison camp or something. But um, yeah, so Nakateki has been removed um, pending an investigation and uh What do you foresee for the future? Do you think she'll be um, fired or taken off her job, or will she be sustained?
17: It seems to me that eventually she will just be completely fired. There will be nothing left to, uh, I guess, yield from her reputation. Like, she's been pretty ruined in the eyes of the students already so I don't see her coming back in any position as powerful as she was before and she seems to have misused her power in a lot of ways because you know aside from that you see Davis students are paying a lot of money and it's not fair that things are sometimes mishandled or misused when we don't even get to vote on it or talk about it or any of these things you know.
0: Okay, and um, uh, an issue that's really front and center now is um, campus security, especially for women. Where did Kotecki come down on that issue?
17: Campus security. Well, from what I understand, in terms of campus security for women... Um we have this thing at UC Davis called Tapride, which or it's called Aggie Safe Ride through an application on your phone called Tapride. And it helps to pick up women um, or young women who are walking from class to home and takes them different places. She did fund that and different there are different programs that she's helped with campus security, but Um, in terms of like sexual assault and things like that her administration or whatever it's called in the past has mainly not made the best choices that are for the survivor um, and probably are just more for the campus's reputation as we have seen in Berkeley and other places.
0: Okay so that's um Vita, you got
17: anything else, Vita? No, I'm good for now. Okay,
0: thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Keeps uh, people who are out in the community involved and aware of what's going on at uh, your universities. These are publicly funded universities now. Okay, so... Today is one of those uh, sad anniversaries. The 2013 Savar building collapse, or Rana Plaza collapse, was a structural failure that ended with the death of 1,130 people. Approximately 2,500 injured people were rescued from the building alive. It is considered the deadliest garment factory accident in history, outstripping the Triangle Shirtwaist disaster, the deadliest accidental structure fail, structural failure in modern human history. The building contained clothing factories, a bank, apartments and several shops. The shops in the bank on the lower floors immediately closed after cracks were discovered in the building. The building's owners ignored warnings to avoid using the building after cracks had appeared the day before. Garment workers were ordered to return to work the following day, and the building collapsed during the morning rush hour. building is owned by Sahil Rana, allegedly a leading member of the local Jubo League. The factories manufactured apparel for brands including Benetton, Beaumarchais, The Children's Place, El Corte Inglés, Joe Fresh, Monsoon, Walmart, Primark, Matalan, Mango. The head of the Bangladesh Fire Department and Service Civil Service Department Ali Ahmed Khan said that the upper four floors floors had been built without a permit. The architect said that the building was planned for shops and offices but not factories. <clears throat> so As we always say, this show is dedicated to the 3,500 people who will die today from labor-related accidents or conditions related to their jobs. In the United States, some 250 will die. This show is for you. And on this day in 1937, April 26th, that that is, the ancient Basque city of Guernica was bombed and largely obliterated by the German and Italian air forces at the behest of the Spanish nationalists. This was during the Civil War in Spain. (coughs) And, uh, the fascist air forces, in order to practice, and what they de- they seemed to uh, understand was preparation for the next war. Um, carpet bombed this little town in Spain and uh, killed everything, basically. Famous painting by Pablo Picasso called Guernica and in it Picasso by tearing everything apart into pieces he tries to show how the town was obliterated and pieces of things are flying all around screaming people screaming animals uh, check it out on this day in 1934 workers at the electric auto light plant in Toledo, Ohio, went on strike, kicking off what later became known as the Toledo Auto Light Strike, arguably one of the most important strikes in American labor history. Crucially, it involved mass support from unemployed workers. Finishing in early June, the strike would become famous for the five-day Battle of Toledo, in which 6,000 workers fought 1,300 National Guards people, leaving two workers dead and over 200 injured. And on this day, October twenty fifth, 1974, Portugal's fascist dictatorship was overflown by a military coup, which was then followed by a working-class uprising. Urban workers took over their factories and farm workers took over their farms in what would become known as the Carnation Revolution. As few shots were fired and people adorned troops with carnations. Okay, it's uh, about quarter till now. Time to... uh, wrap it up and say goodbye. (coughs) This is Mutiny Radio you're listening to. Coming right up is Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker. And we've got about five minutes uh, working class history. Let's do one more. On this day, April 11th in 1981 in London, After a young black man died in police custody, Brixton's youth, both black and white, turned their anger on police, leaving 280 injured in what would be one of the iconic urban riots of the Thatcher years. Okay, mutineers out there, this is Labor Radio, Labor and Love. We remind you that uh, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. And we remind you also that if you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, you're probably on the menu. And finally, never, but never, let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. like to say, call-outs to my soulmate, Sylvia Ramirez, my daughter Vita, who makes me prouder to be a dad every day. All you people out there who are interested in labor history, the family, oh yes, Christos Enesti, to all those people who all of the Greek Orthodox faith, Christos Enesti. This Sunday is Easter Sunday. You see a Greek, you say, Christos Enesti, Christ is risen. And they are to answer you with Alith nos Enesti. He is risen indeed. Okay, let's go here with the international. Miraji. This is labor and love signing off. wishing you a good week and good work. This is the B.
18: Yeah. <laughs> for mutinyradio.fm's june 3030 fundraiser every june we take all 30 days and we try to raise money to keep the doors open and keep free speech alive here at mutinyradio.fm how can you help you can come to one of our 24 events over the next 30 days or you can go to our GoFundMe. 3030 and you can pledge online we need your money why because we're trying to make this world a better place also trying to do that through free speech and what do we need we need microphones XLR cables mic stands the entropy here at 278 121st street is great lots of people using the equipment here at mutiny radio fm we need new stuff what else do we need we need some technical help because tech is not free in this city hey if you're a tech person and you want to give us some of your time please do that but we know that you won't ever do it for free so we're going to raise money so that we can fix our technical issues here making free speech radio via the internet more and more better for your ear holes. Thank you guys for supporting us. And we'll see you during the June 3030 fundraiser.
15: The Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse has been open since 1928, helping raise the youth of our community with... Arts. Community cleanup. Arts. Technological skills.
13: Education.
15: And free meals! Their brand-new gym helps keep our kids in positive productivity after-school activities. And their art studio fosters creativity. Visit them at bgcsf.org for more details or to donate.
7: Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm gonna guess waffles. (laughs) That is incorrect! Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby! There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again!
6: stand every Sunday at 1 p.m. Parque Niños Unidos at 23rd and Folsom. The free farm stand and all volunteer run project of the No Penny Opera. It's about sharing the wealth of urban farms and gardens.
18: Making, helping making local growth, fresh and nutritious organic produce accessible to all, especially those in individuals or low incomes or tight budgets.
4: The free farm stand grows food in San Francisco and distributes it for free. We act as a gathered place in mission to encourage community growth and involvement. This effort resolved most around gathering surplus foods from neighborhood gardens, various farmer markets, community gardens, public and private fruit trees, and hosting a space where this bounty can be shared with all we also work with produce to the people who harvest organic fruits from backyard fruit trees and public spaces and bring it out to our free
15: farm stand for more information or if you want to help or if you have or know of a fruit tree that needs picking you can contact Lauren with at Produce to the People at Produce to the People at gmail.com
13: supports the endeavors of true hustle entertainment another bay area artist collective providing comedy to the bay area since 2012. every second friday at 6 p.m enjoy good times in the grotto and every fourth friday at 6 p.m savor the pm show with juan medina both offering free comedy music and beer at the sports basement located on 1590 bryant street every last wednesday in the castro valley at 8 p.m make your way to the comedy a go-go at spanky's bar Located at 20812 Baker Road. Also in SF, every Wednesday at 8 p.m., check out Brainwash, 1122 Folsom Street for the Hella Hustle Showcase. For information regarding any and all these events, visit TrueHustleEntertainment.com, where the truth is always in the hustle.
4: stuff actors comedians stuff. and people we really really like coming to you live at Muni radio in sunny san francisco the mission district it's tough to park there
15: The Stranger staves off the evil and stale with the fresh and weird on The Stranger in the Strange Land right here on Newton FM. For the oddest topics, most multifarious tunes, and freshly lacquered commentary, check out The Stranger, in the Strange Land. Saturdays, midnight to two. For interviews involving all your eclectic esoterica write to the stranger at earthling.net for general mutiny news coverage send your aggregated articles accomplishments muck investigations and fluffy public interest pieces to news at mutinyradio.fm we're always looking for writers and contributions and check out our progressive news links at mutinyradio.fm so tune in to Stranger in a Strange Land, Saturdays, midnight to 2 (laughs) a.m.
6: Oh man, do you miss a Mutiny Radio show from your favorite
18: DJ? Did you find out about a guest interviewed on Mutiny Radio a day too late? Are you wishing that you had a time-traveling DeLorean to listen to those shows again? Don't you fret. Simply go to mutinyradio.fm and listen to our podcast. Yes, it's that easy. Click on the podcast button and find your favorite show. Heck, click a variety of podcasts for a sample of all of our great programming here at Mutiny Radio. And don't forget to listen to us live on iTunes Radio under the eclectic section.
13: Listen
18: live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists. And listen to live interviews. Tune in. Turn on. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner, and Pearl T. Yes. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Play my guitar the all the
3: time.
18: Happy Monday, everyone. This is some exciting music to uh, start your joke workshop with. It is 6 o'clock. It's Monday. It's time for the joke workshop here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. And we have a bunch of great comedians that want to try out their new jokes for you. Uh, People are going to do four minutes of material. And then there's going to be four minutes of commentary by a panel of their comedian peers. So, uh, remember... If you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, at least make the bread taste good. So nice comments and then what they can work on and then more nice comments. So, uh, all right, we're going to get started here on the joke workshop here on Muni radio.